0: Well hey there everyone, I'm Chris, I'm one of the pastors at Cornerstone Church Wirral in Merseyside and I'm joined by Josh Walsh, the lead pastor of Cornerstone Wirral and today we're going to chat about Kingdom Prayer and why it's so vital for the health of the church and we hope that this podcast is useful for the members of the church and really anyone else that is listening as they grow in their faith in Christ and as they step out into all that God has called them to do This podcast is simply an extension of the ministry that we already do at Cornerstone Wirral in order to encourage you and equip you as members of the church While you're on mission for Jesus in the world around you So you're invited into the conversation with Josh and I As we discuss relevant and current topics to equip the church As well as share some stories that are hopefully going to encourage you As you step into all that God has before you So hey Josh, how you doing? It's been a bit of a a while since we were last recording a Just One More Thing podcast What have you been up to? It's been, it's been, I've missed it, I have to say. Me too. People have worried
1: that we've run out of things to say. That has not been the case. Uh, But we are getting back on the saddles to say because of the... The pressure that's been put on us <laughs> through many comments of why aren't you doing anymore? When's the next one? So here we are.
0: It's a nice feeling that people are, are, are anticipating they're wanting more. Uh, they want us to be sharing more and more. And that, that's really cool. We want to give a little bit of a teaser as to one of the reasons why we haven't been uh, recording as many and why we've had a bit of a break is We've been recording a new series of podcasts, which are going to be coming out in less than a month's time. Um, we've been gathering together people of the church sharing stories. And so I don't want to give any anything more away, but we're gonna be we're gonna be sharing stories of what God has been doing. Let's just put it that way: His wondrous works. It's gonna be an exciting time. So look out for that at the end of the month. But Josh, the past few weeks we have been as a church thinking about kingdom prayer. Why? What has been the what has been the purpose? What has been the direction of that?
1: Well, J.I. Packer tells us not to neglect the re- revival dimension of our lives. Martin Lloyd Jones tells us that there is no more important thing that the church should be about than praying for revival. It should be the constant theme of our meditations, devotions, and prayers. And it's a deep longing, I believe, in the hearts of many genuine believers to see revival happen. But I think it's been misunderstood that we think that revival happens externally to the church in the salvation of of unbelievers, when actually revival, that's the, that's the overflow of where revival actually begins, which is in the hearts of believers Particularly and mainly in the context of the local church. So, if that is true, as elders, we reflected to recognize that perhaps we've been indulging in prayers for self as a church, and perhaps we've been indulging with compassion prayers for others, and more often than not, we neglect this whole sphere of prayer, which is praying bigger than ourselves beyond our front door to such crazy dimensions, such as the prayers for 330,000 lost people, for the prayers for the lost 1.3 million of Merseyside, the prayers for the transformation of a whole nation, a whole continent. When did we last have Desperation, you know, as a deer pants for water, when did we in the same desperation where our souls are like deserts bow down, fall down in desperation, crying out for such big things like that. So kingdom prayer is an encouragement to us as a church to not neglect mm. this and to grow a culture where this becomes more norm- normative in the breadth of our prayers we're not to neglect praying or for our daily bread but ironically it's our not my <laughs> yeah. we're not to neglect praying for one another but for we are to share our burdens with one another but also we're certainly not to neglect this aspect of
0: prayer that's the kind of prevalence behind it and like i i find it that martin lloyd jones quote um really like kind of stuck with me and has stuck with me over these these past few weeks that that this should be the theme of our, our preaching it should be the theme of our, our kind of meditations. It should be the theme of our prayers. It, it should be a constant part. And as you said, uh, and actually I think the the description that you gave in one of your earlier sermons on this series with a, a, a plate and kind of a balanced diet for, versus the, 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 the unbalanced prayer life that we normatively lead um, was really helpful actually. Um, helping us think through it's not about neglecting those things and taking them out of your prayer diet but it's about fueling and adding more of this good stuff this the 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 real meat of of kingdom focused praying what would be some of the kind of things that you would hang on to as kingdom prayers versus the normal prayers that people might have well i think like it's You know, we, 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 so
1: so let's start here. Our prayerlessness reveals our, uh, that we don't think very highly of God. We think, we think much of ourselves and our own strategies and tactics to deal with life's problems. Our prayers that are focused on self very much marries up to the 21st century that we live in, which is a preoccupation of self, uh, which is uh, me, myself and I mentality, which is uh batten down the hatches is about me and my household mindset. All of these things contradict and are contrary to everything we're taught in the Bible. And so therefore what's, what this is doing is, is combating, it's protecting, it's preventing us from such a inward, self-centered self-focused prayerfulness or prayerlessness in a way that actually helps us realize that we're part of a kingdom uh, that is submitted under a sovereign king mm. who is universal who is cosmic in his scope and size who is eternal in his days it helps us remember that we're part of a kingdom but also helps us remember part of a church that has pre-existed us and will outlive us and we are one part of that and actually we are responsible to ensure that the gospel is passed on to the next generation, that we teach the next generation of this reality of the king and the kingdom that we're part of, this eternal story of redemption that God is bringing to completion, all that he has begun through the life, death, resurrection and ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's very much combating that. It also is provoking us to see that it's not just merely about the person across the living room that we're praying for, but they are caught up into this bigger story, mm. uh, that they're a part of this kingdom that we are part of, that our primary identity has shifted from me in this world to me in this kingdom and me under the rule of this King and his plans are much bigger than mine. His ways are much higher than mine. Uh, His destiny for me is much better than I could ever anticipate or hope for. And so therefore these, these prayers, which are uh, that we're simply just lifting out of the Bible. We're not creating our own (laughs) prayers. We are, we're lifting out these pre-approved prayers and we get to join in them. It's just sad that we've taken these corporate cosmic eternal prayers and have shrunk them down to be in prayers about us. For example, the Mm. Lord's prayer, Mm. for example, some of the prayers that Paul writes for the corporate church. Mm. We read those prayers and we read individualistic. We read them through the lens of me. Mm. And it's really sad that we've been so indoctrinated by our culture that when we read the Bible, we tend to read ourselves into it rather than allowing God to read us out of it. So I think, I think the series and the Passages we've been looking at have been provoking probably lots of stuff around these things.
0: Yeah, I'm struck by, uh, actually, whenever people are having day-to-day problems, hardships, afflictions, actually we can use these words of scripture, not just to say, "I, I pray that that affliction will end but i pray that you will know god's presence in the midst of that that you will live that out. you will be a, a presence that is is showing faith and, and love and and hope and living in light of those truths in the midst of your affliction um and not just the the, the simple well I, hope, I i pray that that ends for you and that life is back to comfortable um it's it's praying god centric prayers uh, for the For the sake of people, both individuals, others and corporately for the whole church, ultimately for his glory, for his kingdom, not for us, but for him, uh, that we might decrease and he might increase. Uh, And all of that being true, how does that then begin to shape our vision for what God can do as we pray these prayers, as we realize the bigness of who God is, as we realize his will, his purposes, his desire, his mission. We begin to pray to be able to step into that. Um, and that's really exciting whenever we do that. I think we are too we're too comfortable in our prayers in that we don't ask big stuff. Um on Sunday, I I got to share my the most dangerous prayer I've ever prayed. And you know what's really frustrating as I was thinking about this? How often have I prayed that prayer? Uh, from Colossians 4. How, how often have I prayed that prayer for opportunities, that God would put those opportunities in front of me? I haven't prayed that enough. I need to be praying that on a on a regular basis, believing that God will put before me open doors for the gospel to to step in, for him to do his work, and I get to be part of that. And it's a joy to see whenever we actually start praying kingdom prayers for each other. We've we've seen it in gospel communities. We we've seen it in individual lives. We've seen it as the corporate church gathers for for members prayer meetings and and yet so often we we still find ourselves struggling to pray. So how would you help someone who maybe is, is struggling to work this out in their own prayer life? How would you help someone to take that next step? into praying big kingdom prayers, imagine if, if they were just starting out, how would you help someone to learn how to pray kingdom prayers? Well, prayer is prayer is
1: responding in conversation to a God who has already spoken. And so I think that too many people, when they come to prayer are trying to conjure up something to say to God and feel guilty and shameful in that. And actually prayer, prayer is actually responding to God's right. Re- so I think people find it hard to pray when they're not saturated in scripture, firstly and foremostly. Mm. So as you read scripture, scripture and you read about a God who is father and we just move on beyond that. But what have you just stopped and responded to God who is father? What have you just actually slowed down in that moment? And I just prayed back to, to God as father, just pray what's on your heart. You might be praying. It might make you think about your own father and might want to praise God for the earthly father you had, or you might want to say, Lord, I'm, I'm yearning to know you as a father. That's not my earthly experience because it was quite difficult or painful you might be praying for some hurts, you might be praying for some experiences, you might be praying, Lord, correct my perspective. I hear lots of people say they they almost, um, they put up the defense barriers when they hear us say during preaching about God as Father but we're not supposed to put up the defense mechanisms. We're actually supposed to pray into that hurt and pain that no. all of those yearnings and longings are there because they're ultimately perfectly fulfilled in God himself. So don't let our yearnings and longings lead us to shrink away and retreat, but rather to step into that brokenness and pain and longing to experience someone more. So start with scripture because God has already spoken to so return the conversation. Don't leave him hanging on the phone with an awkward silence. Just speak back to him. That's what prayer is just like a child responds. So therefore we respond also. So I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of relational gap, I think for people, which is why prayer sounds hard. Prayer feels hard, but starting with somebody who's already spoken to you, then you're just returning. Yeah. That conversation. That's good. Start with that. That's
0: good. See where that ends up. So growing in the knowledge of who God is as father, as someone who's already initiated the conversation, Um, And just returning the conversation, just like we would anyone, anyone else. Not having, uh, like, I love how the Lord Jesus, he, whenever he teaches the disciples how to praise it, like, don't be like the Pharisees with all the big words seeking to be seen and heard. Uh, Don't be like the Gentiles who are just like hoping to be heard uh, and kind of talking it out to anyone and everyone. Come before your heavenly father, our father. Say it like that, and as we grow to to know God, to know His His character for us, His love for us, and we've we've spent a lot of time over this series focusing in on that. As we know the love of God for us, as as we comprehend more and more the love of God for us, it it enables our heart. It it turns our heart back out to Him, off ourselves, and onto Him, and to others. And so as we I think just getting to know God and getting to know scripture well and understand what how God reveals himself in scripture is such a vital part, such a helpful part, such a fueling, refueling, renewing, reviving part of being able to pray that all back to him. Which then I think
1: shifts the content of our prayers. Mm, Absolutely. Because what it does is as you get to know your heavenly father, who's revealed to us perfectly in this image of the Son whose love is demonstrated perfectly for us in him. He has now experienced through the indwelling Holy spirit. What happens to our content of our prayers is that our, our priorities change. Mm. So, so a, a lack of relationship with God as father, son, and spirit will often ref- be reflected in the priorities of our prayer being simply about me because it's not about a conversation with a heavenly father. It's about getting through life's tasks. Mm. And trying to conjure up the strength or coerce God to give us the strength to be able to get through life's tasks. So I think it changes our priorities that we, what we pray for and how we pray. And then the second thing, I think it changes our perspective. It changes our perspective that we actually begin to look up and look out. So I just, you just have this analogy you, in the world that we're so, we're walking down the street with our phones in our hands so engrossed in this technological world, detached relationally from people. We're in the queue at Aldi and our head head is in our phones uh, and we're just engaged in that, detached from everybody, relationally around us. Mm -hmm. So I think we suffer from this inward looking at self. I actually think when we start to understand God of the cosmos and actually the kingdom we're part of, with the king who's enthroned, the spirit who empowers and equips us for life. His desire for us is to look up at him and to look out at the world, which means our perspective on life. We begin to realize that we're not merely simply here to accomplish some tasks. It's actually here to accomplish his will. Yeah. To see his kingdom come, to see his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, to see more added to his kingdom, to actually our perspective on life is, is is for the sake of the others, which means that your perspective in life shapes and changes the priorities that you pray for shapes, the agenda that you have of God to become his. And I think that's incredibly exciting because in another P it gives us a new purpose. Mm. You know, it actually, it actually helps us see that we have incredible value and worth on this planet yeah. because we're part of a purpose that will not end. It's really sad to just live with our heads down, looking at self wrapped up in in our own things because, and to invest in these things in the world as if they're eternal, because they will all just burn up on the last days. It'll be proven to be what they're worth. Um, thing about Jesus when he teaches the disciples to pray and he says, if you pray for the praise of man and you get it, you've got it well done. Like how empty and hollow that is. The principle is the same for living for life's things. It's like you, if if you're living for the for the praise of materialism or consumerism or for that like or that heart on instagram or for that text message to come from somebody to say that you're you're awesome and you've received that praise now how empty and hollow is that in comparison to an eternal father? who loves and embraces and affirms and encourages and builds up and loves and cares for and provides and protects and supports. That's our heavenly father who will never forsake his children and will never let them go. When you're part of that kingdom, then your, your purpose is valued and loved. Your priorities are shaped by that. It becomes joyful rather than dutiful. And your perspective on life is one filled with hope because we should be, Christians should be the most hopeful in the midst of a chaotic world because we, we know, we know the victory is waiting us. We know the end, we know the outcome. We're on the winning side.
0: Yeah. And that can help us to keep on going yeah. and endure afflictions with great joy because of the Holy Spirit. Cause God doesn't promise to take away our afflictions,
1: but he changes our perspective on our afflictions. When we see what he's doing, he, he's, he's more concerned about us becoming in that dwelling place of the Holy Spirit than he is about simply answering the, the items on our prayer list that fill us with pride.
0: What would it be like if God answered these big kingdom prayers that we're encouraging the church to pray? Let's, let's dream big. What could it be like? Because I was thinking as a church, we often encourage all of our members and gospel communities to be thinking of three to five people in their life who they really long to know Jesus. What would it be like if they prayed, Lord, would you give me an opportunity to declare the mystery of Christ, to, to respond to my friend's question with an answer that lifts up Christ, that gives an, an answer for the hope that I have in Christ Jesus? What would it be like if God answered those prayers this week? Or this month, or or this year, what, what would it be like if, if God answered the prayer? Lord, transform their lives and make them new. Imagine, imagine God answered those prayers. Imagine that. What would it be like? I actually think
1: the answering of those prayers isn't about the numbers of salvations. I think it's about the transformation of the people who pray those prayers. You know it's the age old question, isn't it? I've, I've prayed for this person. Let's just be real. We've had so many in our church praying for my spouse and for years now, and I've not become a believer. You know, it's not the fervency of our prayers that the Lord answers as if we can manipulate him. Yeah into answering our prayers it's a transformation of his people as we pray like what's going on as we pray over years for the lost the Lord is changing us to grow in trust and reliance dependence on him he's he's teaching us how we view people here's one thing that might change in our church if we prayed prayed those types of prayers we probably wouldn't fear man I think that would probably be one of the greatest transformations the Lord could do in this series in our church is people no longer fear man. I think that would, I would be one of the greatest revivals in our church. I think, I think our church is crippled with fear of man complexes, which hinders intimacy, uh, hinders relationship, hinders joy, hinders just deep, rich communion because so many people are crippled by comparison syndromes. Inferiority complexes, superiority complexes, defining whether they're having a successful life.
0: And yeah, fearing what other people might think of me. Yeah, if they find out who I really was. Yeah, we're
1: filled. We're so filled and shaped by our sh- sin and shame and guilt and regret that we're that we're just crippled by that. And actually, one of the greatest. So so here's so here's the thing that comes when you pray kingdom prayers such as Lord save these people, because what you begin to see is that those people's greatest need is that they need Jesus and that actually comparison doesn't become, man, they're smashing it out of life. Look at all the things they have. I wish I could be like that. Rather you go, man, isn't it how sad is it that they think they're being successful when really when Jesus returns, it will be shown to be for what it really is. What they really need is, is you Lord. What that does is that I can walk out of my street and not be crippled by fear of man. I can walk in the church on a Sunday, not crippled by fear of man. I see that everyone's broken in need of rescue and redemption. And how beautiful is that? So so that's, that's what I, that's where I think where we started the premise of kingdom prayer. We think as revival is often about numbers who are saved. That's the last, that's the overflow of revival. Revival begins in the hearts of people. And imagine that, That's a pretty big dream. I think some people will feel deeply unsatisfied by our comments. I think people will be deeply unsatisfied because they think, no, no, no. We want, we want all these hundreds of thousands of people says yes, we do. But the Lord begins in the household of God. He, He reforms and he changes people and the overflow will be then a church on display to the world, adorning the beauty of Christ and the gospel.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking, um, as you've been talking about Romans 12, 10, Paul Paul often in his prayers is remembering and mentoring people always. And I'm thinking, and he's thinking back to the stories that he's heard and, uh, and the things that he's seen in them. And he's giving praise to God. He's giving thanks to God constantly for their works of faith, for their labor of love, their steadfastness of hope in Christ Jesus. In the midst of whatever they're going through, he is constantly thinking that. And, and the overflow of that in the everyday moments of life is that we begin outdoing doing one another and honoring each other because we begin like noticing and, and encouraging one another like, hey, Josh, I, I really love the way that I saw you stand firm in the midst of a really difficult circumstance and how you reminded me that it's not about changing the circumstance, but trusting the Lord and asking for his help. To grow in in the midst of that circumstance. To to grow to be more godly in how we approach difficulties and joys. To to bear more good fruit in those circumstances. I thank God for your example, for your faith, for your love, for your steadfast hope in Christ Jesus. We begin outdoing one another in honour. Because we're constantly watching, we're, we're constantly praising God for each other and, and seeing what God is doing in our lives. And we're encouraging and, and seeking God to do more in it. And as we share that with one another, that's going to have a wonderful gospel culture enriching aspect to it as a church. It's going to deal with a, a lot of the fear of man stuff, but it's also going to build up one another into the good works that God has prepared before us. And man, that's dead exciting. That, which is compelling to the world because here is a
1: community where you're loved and accepted, not based on what you do or present, but based on who you are in Christ. Here's a community that actually doesn't beat one another down, who isn't sarcastic, who isn't cutting with jokes under the disguise uh, of sarcasm. No, but there's no passive aggressiveness in our, in our jokes. It's actually to the world looking in that's, they nobody experiences mm. that. So if we're just becoming more worldly in our culture as a church, then there's no reason for people to to want to come in. Mm. So the revival has to begin in our hearts yep. to become this gospel-saturated culture that actually the overflow of which is people are invited in, people are drawn in to the community and, and they experience Christ in us and through us. Think of what would happen if the Lord answered this prayer of revival. I wonder if the, the reviving of our souls is... is as we, as we dream big to see we one for Jesus over the next 10 years through the, through the planting of churches and congregations to get, to get there, we need resource. Yeah. Imagine if the Lord did something in our hearts where we were like, you know what, I'm just going to freely give my possessions away. I'm mm. going to sell and give to the church so mm. that the church can fulfill its mission. So when we present, here's what we'd love to raise, people don't get freaked out. People are like, oh yeah. Because mm. that's most important. Yeah. yeah. Even in and our world looking in goes, we're in the midst of a financial crash. And yet here is here is a community that says, you know what's more important than financial security? It's actually Christ.
0: Mm. It's
1: a revival. Yeah. You don't see that anywhere else. No. So actually, as you pray these kingdom prayers, Lord, win the people of Merseyside for yourself, grow your kingdom. I think there's a legitimacy to praying for numerical growth. I think there is. I think it's clear in Ephesians four, but actually to, to realize that yeah, that's the overflow of a people who are conformed to the image of the sun. That's a mind blowing community. That's acts two. That's acts four.
0: Yeah. That is so exciting to think about what God can do with our prayers as, as we ask him for the things that he wants to bless us with, that he wants to give out. We're, we're asking for too small a thing far too often things that we can do often in our own strength and, and we're not coming to him with our daily needs in light of his kingdom and for his purposes. What a joy to see that being worked out in the lives of people around us and, and, and in the church and in the furtherance of his kingdom as his gospel goes out. As, as a church, we, we seek to meet regularly, uh, to pray together for these kinds of, of big kingdom prayers, big dreaming Prayers almost, uh, imagine if kind of prayers that that God would do this. We're going to be meeting throughout the course of the year to do that kind of thing. But over the coming years, how do we see those kingdom prayers maybe growing or or changing in tone or direction? What might that look like for the church going forward?
1: I, th- I think what we're going to be encouraged, encouraged to see is people's perspective and priorities of prayer becoming really focused again in their streets and in their communities and in their neighborhoods and their workplaces to actually begin to connect the dots between as we pray for we're all to be one for Jesus, we will actually begin to connect the dots. Oh yeah. The way that we are part of seeing we're all one for Jesus is by going across to my neighbor hmm. and building a relationship. Yeah. Going across the workplace to that office seat. And actually engaging with someone and building a relationship. You know, John's gospel is full of Jesus coming relationally alongside different types of people and speaking the gospel into their their life with relevancy and showing how the gospel is true and better than what they're living for. So I actually, I actually think there's two tiers. So we, so we, yes, as a church, we do have a very big lofty vision, which in God's eyes is really small yeah. and and, and miniature. Uh, So we have to confess of our lack of vision. Um, but, But some people get lost in that big number but the church has got a big vision because we're part of a an eternal kingdom but what that means for every one of us is is who who are those two or three people in your life right now that you can exert a gospel influence mm. toward uh, who's that work colleague who's that person in the shop who's that person you go to uh, your gym with or whatever it is that's 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 what that's how you connect the two dots so if you feel overwhelmed by numbers don't be because you contribute to that with those two or three there's five people and then connect that gospel community all together. 10 people in a gospel community praying for five people each. There's 50 people we're trying to reach. Uh, that's doable. Yeah. How can we as a gospel community over the next year, seek to interact and engage with 50 people to show, show the gospel in and free our life live together, that Jesus is true and better. Mm. And then think of every gospel community doing the same Think of 10 gospel communities doing that. That's 500 people. Think of those 500 people coming part of the life of the church. Well, that's going to mean multiple congregations all over world, and they go and do likewise. And then all of a sudden, as you think about year on year on year, like you're into crazy numbers in our eyes, but are very simple means and ways.
0: Man, that's exciting. That is, that is exciting. As, as we come to a close, what would be your top three tips as someone gets started into all of this?
1: Three tips: you you will not be able to pray outside of relationship with God the Father. You need to begin there. It is a red flag to you that your heart is not thrilled when you hear the gospel proclaimed to you, beginning with the beauty of the Father and the demonstration of the Son through the empowering Holy Spirit. That's a big red flag. You need to speak to somebody in your gospel community to pr- come alongside you and help you grasp the gospel. Prayer, prayer, prayer does not exist outside of relationship of God the Father. Begin there. Enjoy communion with God afresh. Pray. And then secondly, begin to prioritize and order your prayers in light of the kingdom. Uh, start taking some notes down, write down places, names that you frequent, begin, begin to think big about all those, write a big long list and see, and just start praying. See if the Lord gives you any direction. Who, who, Lord, here's this big long list of names. I have no capacity because I'm finite to be able to do all of this. Give me some direction, some leading. Where should I invest my time? Who should I invest my time with? Begin thinking like that. Uh, just to see how I use that phrase. And you know, like, when was the last time you prayed something that made us laugh out loud because it seems so ridiculous and unaccomplishable in our own human strength. Do something crazy like that. Th- that's what I think that second point is. <sighs> And then third one, oh gosh, Um, pray for the Lord to reveal areas of strength, weakness, need, and to invite reformation of your heart. Pray to the Lord to reform your heart, to revive your heart, to be aligned with his and who you need to come alongside you to help you do that. There's three tips. Those are good. Know those God, are good.
0: know yourself, know your context. Yeah, brilliant. And I think as you as you do those, as you think about particularly yourself, I would encourage you as an extra tip to pray Scripture into those. So as you think about my weakness, think of how Scripture, what what Scripture says that we should be like. So if I find myself uh, frustrated easily, I'm praying that actually I would grow in some of the fruit of the Spirit that combat that. So pray scripture into that. Uh, I want to, I want to just plug a little book that I found really helpful over the years. Uh, And it's it's part of a series of books by the Good Book Company. It's called Five Things to Pray For. Uh, And this particular one that I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to plug is Five Things to Pray for Your Church and it's prayers that change things for the life of your church its big prayers big gospel prayers uh, led from scripture um the writer rachel jones she she collates all of these prayers together and has a short devotional for each just to to help fuel us whenever we just don't know what to say and over time as you get started it, it becomes easier and you begin to pray through scripture yourself one of the most, I think, revitalizing things for us as guys in the church was when we were encouraged to pray through the Psalms and, and actually the impact that that has had on so many people and the rejoicing that I have seen in people's lives as they've seen their prayer lives reinvigorated. So, yeah, a great book just to help you pray through scripture for the church. And as I say, there's more books that are part of that five things to pray series covering different topics that are really useful. That's from the Good Book Company. So why not not buy a couple, grab a friend in GC and start praying through those books together? That would be a great use of time. But as always we love to hear your stories. What has God been leading you to pray for? As we've been working through this series, how have you found your prayer life fueled and intensified as you've walked through this series so far? Do share your stories with us because we'd love to know how you're growing in this and what you find useful. Your your stories are so encouraging to us as elders at Cornerstone. And so some Come and grab a coffee with us on Sunday or throughout the week or, or send us an email to chris at cornerstonechurchwirl.org just so as we could pray for you and praise God for what he is doing in you and through you. Well, that's just one more thing for this week. We hope you find this useful. It's been so encouraging to know that you've been eagerly waiting for this episode to come out. We love serving you guys and we're so excited to be getting that new series of podcasts ready for you starting at the end of June. So do keep your eyes peeled for those on YouTube, on Spotify and anywhere else that you might find your podcasts. But if you've enjoyed this episode, go on and hit subscribe, talk about it with your friends, share it around to others who might find it useful. God bless and we'll catch you soon for just one more thing.